The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. I'm ready. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me Stop. now. Only thing that's on my mind is who goes this town tonight. Welcome to Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk Radio Show, Voice America Radio. Hope everybody had a great New Year. Alex Clancy in studio. I believe Kwame Lasseter will be calling in at some point during the show. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Uh, welcome to the show. It's going to be a football-heavy show today. We have the NCAA football bowls that um, that have happened over the past week or so. The important ones, quote-unquote, happened in the last few days. I'm not sure if any bowl games are important, but I'll, I'll rant on that a little bit later. Johnny Manziel, huge comeback win. Texas A&M, 52-48 over Duke. I watched part of that game. I'm pretty much a boycotter when it comes to watching bowl games that aren't the national championship because I feel like they're just exposing these guys um, to make more money for the schools. I mean, that's fine. BCS, moneymaker. Kwame says it all the time that uh, that it, it's a billion-dollar corporation, and, and they they run it pretty well for what they're trying to do. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk Jay Cutler's seven-year extension with the Bears, what we think about it. Lovey Smith going to the Bucks, a defensive coordinator for the Cardinals, interviewing for the Minnesota Vikings job. I really hope that they hang on to him in Cardinal land because after the year that they had last year, they don't want to lose any pieces of that puzzle. What Mark Trestman thinks about Jay Cutler coming back for seven years, what the team thinks, what everybody in the NFC North thinks, Green Bay, Green Bay Packers fan, Detroit Lions fans, things of that regard, because you know that Jay Cutler has never really won the big game. He's never won a playoff game. Uh, he's he's kind of been a bonehead at times, been a glass doll behind that offensive line at times, but he showed a lot this year. He had an 89 and change quarterback rating, uh, which is the highest of his career. So let's start with that, Kwame, there. I'm here. Okay, so what do you think? Seven years, the, the terms of the agreement haven't been fully disclosed yet. Uh, he was making, I think, $14 million in average in average salary, which was which ranked 14th in the league uh, as of last year, with Alex Smith making $8 million average salary, which would be 15th. So there's a big jump. So he's paid as an elite quarterback. He has flashes of brilliance, a la Matthew Stafford and the like, Tony Romo you could even throw in there. Do you think that he deserves $100 million over seven years? Because that seems to be the going rate for your franchise quarterback as of now. And, and that's pretty much what it is. Whatever they're paying quarterbacks, and you got a starting quarterback and he's your franchise guy, they want to guesstimate those numbers around what the top athletes are being paid or the top quarterbacks are being paid. Um, and he hasn't won anything. Uh, so, you, so you're talking about guys like Drew Brees, Peyton Manning. Uh, you're talking about... Um, uh, a lot of the top elite, Ben Roethlisberger, elite guys that, in our eyes, who have won Super Bowls, who has been to the playoffs consistently, and then you bring in the fact that Jake Cutler is. Well, one of the things is most franchise 
rather have a solidified spot locked down, and that's the quarterback position. So a guy who knows the system, a guy who Mark Tressman feels comfortable with, uh, they feel like, well, we need to get this job done, get this deal done, and it's a seven-year deal. It's kind of tongue-in-cheek uh, when you talk about Jay Cutler because he hasn't won anything. But you also have to remember the times when he suffered through where there was no offensive line and he had the most sacks in NFL history. Uh, he just couldn't get the ball out. Plays couldn't be run. And he talked about trying to establish a running game in that situation so it opens up the pass or vice versa, but you couldn't get through it. So you're paying him for a lot of the bad times uh, that he was there to suffer through those things also. And that's probably one or two years uh, at the most. Yeah. But so to have, a lockdown, to have a franchise quarterback is, is huge for most organizations. Yeah, well, I mean, you look at his career record, he's 56-48. and 48. I understand part of that was in Denver when they weren't that good and when he was a rookie, too. So, I mean, I understand that those numbers are convoluted a little bit. 39-28 and 28 in Chicago, is that worth $100 million? I mean, he was 5-6 and six last year in the 11 games that he started. So no, I'm not, I, I don't really understand. I mean, okay, put it this way. This, this is my Tony Romo test. Who would you bring in? To Chicago, and I've asked this, who would you bring into Dallas that would be better than Tony Romo? And I don't think drafting a rookie quarterback is the answer in Chicago, especially with the the high-powered offense that they have. They have two top-ten receivers. They have a top-ten running back. They have an up-and-coming Martellus Bennett, a tight end, who's, who's gotten better and better every year that he's been in the league. And their offensive line has jumped leaps and bounds from last year. I believe that they had 30 sacks given up this year, and it was 44 last year. So that's a huge improvement, and it's the defense that has caused to have them lose a lot of their games. So I understand why they did it. I'm just not exactly sure if he's if he's there all mentally to be to lead a team to, to glory, and I, I just don't see him doing that. Well, when we talked about the Chicago Bears, we talked about Chicago Bears defense. We didn't say anything about the offense. Now you look around on the other side of the football, their offense have everything in place. As you mentioned, they have a running game in Forte. They have a Marshall. They have a, a receiving core, uh, even even a tight end and bending up and coming, and an offensive line being better than they were last last year. Well, you got to think Mark Tresman will see the future of his team, and, and, and I've talked about it on the air before. If a head coach can't see the future, he can't explain that to me when I meet as a general manager or the owner of that team every Monday or every other Monday when we meet. If you can't have me and visualize your future and then I see it on Sundays or I see it on the practice field, then there's no reason for me to sign all these players if you can't do anything with them. We see a lot of great players on teams, and teams suck. Uh, so he has – Mark Tresman obviously have a – a vision and a future in the direction where he's going. They were, you know, they were better. You talk about Lovey Smith being there. He taking over for Lovey Smith. When Lovey Smith was there, it was a defensive minded team with uh, with no offense, you, with no offense. You, you, exactly. And now you bring in the offensive minded coach, who uh, Mark Tresman is a pretty good guy. He was here with the Arizona Cardinals when I was here. He was a good offensive minded guy, and you can see that on the offensive side of the football now in Chicago. So it's good to have two problems because you do have. Josh McCown over there. It's good to have two problems, but you have to solidify. If you can solidify every position, which is impossible in the NFL, the quarterback position is the one you want to solidify and then work around that if he's your franchise guy. Do you bring back Mel Tucker, the defensive coordinator? Do you give him Do you give him the benefit of the doubt because Rod Marinelli um, stepped down because I think he knew what was coming. I mean, barring take, take a while the injuries that they had um, on that on the defensive side of the ball. Do you think Mel Tucker's the answer? I mean, when he when he was in Cleveland, you know, they had a lot of takeaways. That's fine. Chicago had a lot of takeaways this year, especially in the first part of the season. 
but that doesn't mean that they didn't put up a lot of points. They were a great fantasy football defense for the first five or six weeks of the year, but they didn't. Uh, they still gave up a lot of points. So I'm not really sure if he's the answer. I don't know what defensive coordinator is out there right now that could make an impact right away. Maybe it took a year for for the Chicago's defense to acclimate to that style of defense. I'm not sure. But something's got to change on that side of the football, and I think that they have the pieces. They have Julius Peppers. They have Lance Briggs. They have Charles Tillman. They have guys that are impact players that other teams would yearn to have. I don't understand where the disconnect is. Well, they, they can't have what they can't have is another 8-8 eight and eight season with this with everything's going down. Uh, they finished 8-8. Eight and eight. They played in the playoff game before there was the playoff game uh, this year against the Green Bay Packers. They ended up losing that game at home. They can't have that. As far as the defensive coordinator, uh, you have to have a guy that everyone buys into the system. I mentioned earlier that Lovey Smith was there. It was a defensive-minded uh, football team, and they played well on defense. They they led on defense uh, most, of the, uh, most of the years, year in, year out, uh, with turnovers, with uh, stopping, giving offices chances uh, to, to win football games. I think you give them another year, but that's a decision on the offseason, this offseason, that a lot of the um, – you know, top guys, even even uh, Mark Tressman will have to make with the organization. If he if that's his guy, that he will probably be there because it does take time to go from one defense to another. And we're talking about professional players; they have to buy into his system. Uh, and I, we'll look over into um, with the Arizona Cardinals. They immediately bought into Bruce Arians' system. You can see it week in and week out. Well, Bruce Arians, you saw what happened with uh, Pagano in Indianapolis. How they bought into that system. How they bought into who this guy is, and if he, if he's the head guy, believing what he's saying and doing, and those that team won football games in Indy with with Arians. Uh, not that they wasn't bad or have an impl- had an implant on Pagano, but now you look over into Chicago, you look they bought it offensively. They were a better team defensively. You have to buy into this system. You, you, you know, we know Chicago to be a cover two football team, and they'll tell you we run a cover two all day today, and you still got to find a way to beat those guys because they play it. It's one of the best teams that run a cover to, but then they had some injuries on defense. Uh, they have a new defensive coordinator. That stuff does take time, but we'll see how much time they allow. They're willing to allow for that to happen because it's about winning and losing in the National Football League. Yeah, well, I mean, and now now you're married to Jay Cutler for the rest of his career. He's 30 years old, so I'm not sure. These contracts, I don't really understand. I know that they that they have good salary cap implications because you can spread it out over the course of the better part of a decade. I get that. But I don't understand why people. I just don't get the seven. Make it, make it six. Take a little bit of a hit. Make it five. Make it actually possible that he could live out the career, so you don't have to buy him out, or so you don't have to cut him, trade him, do whatever you need to do if things don't work out. Because Matt Forte is getting old. Like Matt Forte's still in his twenties, but as Matt Forte goes, the Chicago Bear goes. The Chicago Bears go, and that's you have to understand that that's how the NFL is predicated. It's predicated upon having a strong run defense that opens up a pass that opens up a a run a pa, a run offense. Sorry, that opens up the passing game. So I don't understand. Maybe they'll draft offensive linemen to put some money there because they're going to give Jay Cutler a lot of money and over the course of a long time. And it's something that I don't understand that I never really will understand. The same thing with Joe Flacco. Just because you won the Super Bowl doesn't mean that you deserve $100 million for the rest of your career. Well, Joe, Joe Flacco, in his case, he was trying to get a contract way before he won a Super Bowl. Right, and, and, he, and he doubled down, and, 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 it, and it paid out. And it paid and out. It paid out. Sure. But you look at the um, look at Chicago Bears and, and Jay Cutler's deal, 
you, you, you see seven years, and most of that's supposed to be cap friendly because if it was five years, then it would be a harder hit on the cap and who you can bring in and how much money you have left. So they stretched it out. He's still getting paid. Uh, you, you mentioned that he was getting 14 uh, a year, and one of the top-tier guys as quarterback as far as getting paid. Well, they stretched it out so the deal looks more more sexier to Jay Cutler. And, and then there is a situation or a case that may come up later on in his career where, well, you're making in your fifth year and you're still the same guy that you were when we signed you to this deal. Well, it's time for us to buy you out or cut you and take a hit on the cap. And as you, that can come up and that'll be a problem for the organization. It's just funny that half the people in Chicago hate Jay Cutler. So it's like, I mean, in Dallas, not so much. People love Tony Romo for the majority of the time until he makes a bonehead play, and that's all they remember. But for the for the majority of these quarterbacks that are getting big contracts, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, everybody loves them. So it'll be interesting to see if you have these people buy in to the Jay Cutler project for the next you know foreseeable future, and uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. We do have to take a break. Um, Kwame, on the other side, we'll talk Levy Smith. We'll definitely talk Johnny Manziel and that comeback they had against Duke, uh, as well as some other stuff. Kwame Lester, Sports Talk, Kwame Online, Alex Glancy in studio. We'll be back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. We were just talking Jay Cutler. Good good decision, bad decision to extend his contract seven years. Um, what the effect is going to have on the city, on the division. Uh, it'll be interesting. I mean, I'm curious. Now let's talk about a former Chicago Bears head coach, Levy Smith. Signs a deal with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kwame and I were talking a little bit off the air about it. He's going to go into a situation where he has a, a fairly good defense, an average to above average defense, 
an unproven quarterback who showed flashes this year. I know he's really young. They have a great uh, wide receiver, Vincent Jackson. Uh, Mr. Underwood over the, uh, uh, out there as well has had a huge big game, big play potential. They have a great running back out of Boise State, Doug Martin, who got hurt early in the year this year. But they have pieces to move forward. They're in a really tough division, especially with Carolina being really good and kind of cementing themselves as a, as a top-tier team in the NFL. What would be a win for Lovey Smith next year? How many wins would be would be a win for him as a head coach compared to this year? I think the first win for Lovey Smith and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers would be getting Teddy Bridgewater in the draft. Uh, that would be a win, uh, in my opinion, or or some quarterback that's ranked high that's, that fits the implements the uh, system that he's want to run. And uh, we are, we are talking about Lovey Smith, a defensive minded coach, so he has to bring an offensive guy in there. Or maybe he says five with the one there, but the interview process is on him. Uh, I can't believe he would go in there and have be handcuffed to who he wants on his staff. It's been mentioned of different guys, but that would be a win getting a quarterback in there, solidified in position. He has a four year with, with a five, six year option, uh, as a deal. I think it's four or five million a year. Um, congratulations to Levy Smith. But a win is taking those losses they had this year that they led in a lot of those football games. A win is, finishing football games off and maybe and definitely they can't do any worse what they can do it worse than last year but not under a lovely smith football team it's finding a way to win at least 10 games this year you, you mentioned the, the toughness of the conference with carolina the emergency with uh cam newton playing as well as he is uh we, we can only see him getting better you talk about drew Brees and, uh, and those guys i don't think atlanta will be as bad as they were last year we, we talked about atlanta last year they were 13 and 3 and, and and for some strange reason, injuries and uh, both of the key receivers, top receivers go down in Atlanta. It's just an average team. But I don't see foresee them being that type of team next year. So the conference is, the division is tough with uh, the Carolina Panthers, New Orleans Saints, and Atlanta Falcons. And what Lovey's will have to do is bring in some offensive power where they can sustain and keep the ball as they win in. Don't always count on defense winning and being on the field. Even if you have a lead, most offense coordinators, uh, unfortunately, think like that. We got a one-point lead where we can run the stupidest plays and then put it in our defense's hands and say, well, we had to leave before you guys got on the field. Uh, that cannot happen. Everyone has to be on one accord. But you have to start with the quarterback position. Same thing this Chicago Bears did. They started with the quarterback. They locked up their quarterback. Now we don't have to have this conversation again. Well, if you draft so, a quarterback, say, I mean, you, you might have to trade up to the first pick. They have the seventh pick overall. You might have to trade up to the first pick trade your draft picks away, and get that first pick from uh, Houston. I don't think that Houston would do that. Maybe if they knew they could get Jadavian Clowney at 7, they might do that. Um, I just don't see it happening, um, especially with Bill O'Brien signing with the Texans, who's a, who's a quarterback guy who's known, for being able to, who's known for being able to yell at Tom Brady on the sideline, blah, 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 resurrected Penn State's uh, football team after the awful things that happened in Penn State. Um, I just don't know if Lovey Smith wants to start his tenure in Tampa Bay with a quarterback controversy. Because if you draft a rookie quarterback, if you draft a quarterback right out of college with your first overall pick, Mike Glennon is immediately under the gun. He's immediately, he's going to be named the starter for uh, political reasons, and then there's going to be a Russell Wilson situation probably because whoever they draft will be better than Mike Glennon, even though he showed great, great strides last year, especially in the last eight games of the season when they went 4-4. Four and four. But do you really want to start your tenure at a new at a new uh, franchise with a quarterback controversy? Well, you have to not with a quarterback controversy. That does no one good. Quarterback competition, yes. 
controversy, no. Um, so is is it is it not is it not a controversy because they're both two young guys and that neither of them have really um, made a name for themselves yet? So it's competition and not controversy. Oh yeah, definitely be competition because the best man gonna win because we've seen coaches and we actually talked about this on air. When coaches get fired, you look at the quarterback play. It's usually that that stems from them getting fired and the quarterback sticking with this guy. Now, you can also look at the New York Jets and Rob Rex Ryan uh, sticking with Geno Smith, um, letting the, uh, the, his quarterback, his starting quarterback, sit on the sideline for a while. He's sticking with him. It panned out. They finished 8-8, eight eight, I believe. Um, they ended up beating Miami uh, in the last game, the Jets. Mm-hmm. But what uh, Lovey Smith needs to do is, well, you mentioned the, the, the JV and Clowney. I think that is a good pick because he's a defensive-minded guy. We can see what he made up, see if we can get him turned up a notch. But you have to have a quarterback, Clemens, um, and whomever you bring in. We're talking about we can look across the league. Aaron Murray, you know, he uh, he had an ACL, but he's a quarterback, so we're not asking him to do so much. His young guy, uh, Taj Boyd, uh, Johnny Manziel is coming out. Uh, you're looking for some guy who can spark your team, Marcus Mariota, he's – He's staying in. That was good for him to stay in college and play. Yeah, well, Blake Blake Bortles looked fantastic last night for UCF. Yeah. I mean, now, yeah. especially now, it, it seems like more than ever now, you take quarterbacks from big-name schools. I mean, look at look at Ben Roethlisberger, Miami of Ohio, uh, Philip Rivers, NC State, Ole Miss, Eli, Man- Eli Manning. That was like the cusp of when you you can, be, you can get a quarterback from anywhere. Well you, well, you see what those guys did. You know what they did? I think those organizations did their due diligence. They yeah, maybe. N- not just bring in a big name? Right. Well, they brought a guy to fit their system. You can play football. You can play football. It depends on where you are. We look at Central Florida last night. Well, you see how they, they look like the number six team, if not a better team than number six, not a better ranking than number six. You, Those are the guys who Florida State, University of Florida, and Miami slept on. That, that You have the same guys. They just happen to play, be playing at Central Florida. Uh, and those guys were, they looked like they were the number six team. So you get a guy, if you can play, you can play, but you get a guy who fits your system. Ben Roethlisberger coming from Miami of Ohio fits the system of a Pittsburgh Steelers, a rugged guy, tough guy. You get a, I, North Carolina State is not a small school, but right. I, I know what you're saying, but you get a guy who can pass the ball, and then you had LaDainian Thomas there when he came in also. He had everything around him when he came in, not so much the receiving core, but he did have Antonio Gates. Yeah. Uh, with some. Um, you you, you get a guy who can play the game, uh, the official system, instead of saying, well, we won't get this guy because he went to this school. That's what a lot of uh, organizations and scouts fall short. Yeah, but I mean, I think quarterback is very different. You can get a wide receiver, you can get a defensive player, you can get the other position players from, from anywhere. I think the quarterback is the one that you, you look at the school, you look at the numbers. Well, he was at Central Florida, so they didn't play the competition. Joe Flacco went to Delaware. Right. So I mean it's exactly. and so that was well, that's another one I guess. Um, but with running backs, the numbers the numbers are there. You know, look at Kadeem Carey. Yeah, the Pac-12 is is a, is an above average one, but I think he'll go high when he comes out. And you know, I have a man crush on him. I think he should have won the Heisman this year. However, um, UCF uh, the the uh, the Broyles kid. They they beat Baylor fifty two forty two. For those who don't know, they were fifteenth ranked fifteenth um, in the BCS poll. Fifty-two, forty-two. Now I'm going to segue here really quickly. Do you think Art Bryles leaves now, or do you think he stays? I know he signed. I know he signed his extension. Do you think that now he's looking at the Washington Redskins job and reconnecting with RG three? Just really quick. I, I don't want to talk too much about this, but well, his dad was vibing for him, and I got a problem with that. Keep stay out of the business that you're not in. His dad's a knucklehead. 
Because dad is, yeah, most dads are knuckleheads when it comes to their kids and their son. They are knuckleheads because they're doing anything for them. They want to see them achieve more because you believe in your son a tad bit more more than anybody else. Uh, so he wanted to see RG3 play well or where he was where he was thriving in a system that the uh, he played in in college. So do you think, I, yeah. I don't know. There's a lot of college coaches going to the pros, and it seems to be working. So maybe that's an option. Maybe when you sign, when, when coaches sign new deals, that's nothing. Mark D'Antonio signed a new deal. He'll be sought out. He signed a deal last night or agreed to one last night after beating and winning the Rose Bowl against Stanford. Those deals mean nothing. They sign those, but they're now you're talking about professionally. Those organizations and franchises have to buy that deal out. So the, the colleges don't lose anything financially. Uh, what they lose is the, uh, a head guy, a head person in that organization that has that team in the right direction. That's why they're signing these deals and locking these guys up and giving them, giving them money. Mark D'Antonio was one of the lowest-paid coaches in the Big Ten, so and all he did was win over there. Uh, but So I don't think the deal of him signing is, is, a, is a big problem with uh, professionally going to a professional football team because uh, so they have to buy it out. So he stays there. and I mean, that's fine. And they'll, they'll probably get a top 10, top 12 preseason ranking next year, which is huge. Uh, UCF will be there. Seemingly, uh, if they if they have a good um, good recruiting class and and w- with what they did last night, I feel like they'll get a recruiting class. You saw South Florida uh, make a run years ago, or a few years ago, and then um, they've kind of dropped off the ranks. However, UCF might be around to stay, and if they can get a, if they can get a class, they'll be they'll be top fifteen next year. And all you have to do is win, and, and you'll be top five by the end of the year. So it's it's um. It's crazy to see, and but and especially with the playoff picture coming into play next year, um, so many things can happen. So I'm excited. I mean, I, I'm not. A, you know, I'm not a huge um, a huge watcher of bowl games, as I stated before. I just feel like it's it's exposing these guys but to there even some good games going on last night. But yeah, you, you, early when bowl season starts, there's not a lot of good teams. Those are teams that and, and what threw me off with the bowl games, and I agree, is they they name them anything. Uh, fat-free diet um, bowl game of the year or, or this year. They just name them anything just so I'm a, I'm a fan of kids getting to go out at the end of the year and playing in a bowl game, but it has to have some significance other than someone's just getting paid off it outside of the players. Yeah, that's true. And, and I mean, this will be a conversation we'll have for a long time, uh, So I, and I don't really think it's going to – nothing's really going to change, but it will be exciting next year when there's actually more than one game that actually matters. Um the playoffs should be should be exciting. Uh, I hope that there it, it's a wide range of of uh, conferences represented, and not just three SEC teams and a Pac-12 team or something like that. Um, you know, coming up, we're gonna have to take a break in a minute. I do want to talk about the Rose Bowl. I do want to talk about Johnny Manziel and and what's gonna happen with him in the draft due to his performance against Duke. And I, I understand. I knew it was Duke, but Florida State beat them forty-four to seven, forty-five to seven. And the Texas A&M defense allowed them 48 points. So there's obviously a disconnect there. Obviously, their record is predicated upon the defense as well as Johnny Manziel's performance. So we'll see if his numbers are what's going to carry him through to a top five pick, or if the the record of Texas A&M over his tenure there will will weigh in at all. Uh, Kwame Lester Sports Talk. Kwame on the line. Alex Clancy in studio. We will be back. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. We've been running through a lot this this fine show. NFL, college football. I do want to talk about Johnny Manziel right this second. 52-48 win over Duke. But the way it happened was was pretty magical. It was pretty Johnny Menzel-ish. Uh, they're down 38-17 at halftime. I look at the score, and I'm like, well, I wonder w- what this is going to do to his draft stock. And then he marches down, scores a touchdown, onside kick, recovered, scores a touchdown, and we got a game. And and then they end up pulling it out in the fourth quarter. It's it's unbelievable to me what he does, how he does what he does. And it's pretty ironic that over the course of the year, their defense was not something that they could rely on, the offense and the team as a whole. But the season ends with a 55-yard interception return for a touchdown to win the game with a three and a half left. It's just, it's just funny. It's just salt on the wound, I guess you could say. So they finished nine and four. Uh, Johnny Manziel's projected to go number four overall to Jacksonville. Do you think that's too high? Do you think that he does, he should be somewhere else? And do you think that the offensive line is good enough to make Johnny Menzel relevant right away in Jacksonville? Uh, first of all... Oh, Jacksonville is number three overall. Sorry, three. Well, congrats, yeah, three is high, but I'll get to that. Um, congratulations to Duke on an outstanding season. They were able to play in, against Florida State in the ACC Championship. Uh, we didn't see... Um, you know, we saw the, the progress of Duke and their program making football-wise. Uh, but they... Uh, they finished the season ten and three, but with a chance to win that game last night. So congratulations to those guys and, and what they did over there in Durham and Duke. Uh, but you you talk about the halftime score thirty eight seventeen. But Johnny Manziel he wasn't playing bad at all. Uh, he, he finishes passing wise uh, thirty for thirty eight three hundred eighty two yards four touchdowns. So he wasn't playing bad at all. You gotta you gotta look at what their defense was doing. And and Duke does have have a scoring offense. We watched them. Uh, 
on and off this year and what they were doing in the ACC, what they were doing in teams, and they were putting up points. Um, and they had a magical year in itself, the way they won games and end up playing a championship game. So Manziel, I didn't think it hurt his draft stock or position, wherever that position is, at all. I think he did, when the game ended, help himself up in the higher rounds and um, higher picks, I should say, uh, as a draft pick. Uh, but he, um, you know, he had an outstanding, he had an outstanding game last night. He was able to move around and do what Johnny Manziel does as far as the quarterback position. I, I, I just love to see him. Um, I would love to see him more under the center and instead of the shotgun, but that's the offense that they run. So it's not his fault. It's, when you're trying to win football games on college level, you do what you have to do, and that's what Texas and teams like Texas that, that run that spread offense, that midpoint offense, that's what they do. Yeah. The quarterback is not under the center. Um, I don't like to see him rush more, but he does have scrambling abilities. I wouldn't like to see him rush more than his running back. He was 11 attempts for 73 yards. He did score. So he was a he was accounted for five touchdowns last night in that ball game. And, and they Duke almost lost. Lead. And and Duke and when Duke took the lead, they were, you know, they went 7-0. They were 7-3, then 14-3, Duke uh, 21-3. And you also mentioned, you know, by halftime, it was 38, uh, 35, 38-17 um, with a uh, – but then finish off with a, a field goal. But he came back and those guys played football. I, I don't know if you could ever count them out, but you got to look at what Duke didn't do uh, as opposed to what Johnny Manziel been doing all year, his whole career. Uh, so you got to look at what Duke didn't do. Duke lost that game. It's not so much takes won a game. Congratulations to both teams for being where they are at the end of the year. But uh, Manziel in his position, Jacksonville number three is a high pick. If you're going to take a guy like Johnny Manziel to Jacksonville, then why haven't you ever brought in a Tim Tebow who has some college, who has some professional experience, even if you're going to bring in a guy as John Mazzell a year later? Why haven't you brought in a Tim Tebow? That, that small market in Jacksonville could have used a guy like Tim Tebow. And I think when you start talking about one person so much and it didn't, and it's not working out, and I'm kind of glad that uh, the quarterback for the um, – the uh, Green Bay Packers didn't fall into that, but he, he was being bounced around the league this year, all in one year, being bounced around the league so much. But when you talk about Tim Tebow so much and then it's not working out or paying out anywhere, uh, I didn't think Jacksonville needed that distraction, but he would have been a good fit to even come in and sell tickets to get a buzz going or possibly to see what he can do better in Jacksonville. Uh, so Johnny Manziel going number three to Jacksonville is a bit high, but what else can Jacksonville do? They need some... They need an emergency at the quarterback position. You know, they have Blaine Gabbert uh, over there. Chad Henney. And Chad Henney. Chad Henney's not a bad guy, but well, you you need you need a spark. You need that spark. You need some things to get done from the quarterback position. And that's where everything starts, that running game. And you got to have a quarterback who can manage football games if you have a decent enough staff um, leading, that, leading that show, leading that charge. Yeah, I don't I, – I see it in a totally different way. Um, Kim Tebow would have been a mistake, I think. Uh, it doesn't matter if you put people in the stands; you're still going to be blacked out. You're not going to sell out. You're not going to sell out your your stadium. Um, he would have been more of a gimmick, and, and I've said that. I feel like he would have been the court jester there, and that's not fair to him or the franchise or to the fans because it would have been a gimmick alone and not in, a, in an effort to win football games. So I, I don't necessarily agree there. Number two, you got you got to also think about maybe. In any other year but this one, you might draft an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman linebacker, but you need to keep Marines Jones Drew there. Because he, they've allowed him to test free agency, and that's a dangerous game. I understand. I think he's restricted, so they can match anything that he's offered. But if he's offered a lot of money to go play somewhere else, I don't know if they'll be able to match it. 
So if you draft a quarterback that he's excited about, maybe he'll stay. Because if you have a quarterback and a running back, and their defense isn't awful, you know, their defense isn't isn't atrocious like Chicago's is or Dallas, and you have A. Sanders, you have Justin Blackman hopefully coming back at the start of next year, um, you, ha- you have a serviceable tight end, you have pieces, young pieces, I mean, maybe, maybe MJD stays. And maybe you have a quarterback that can be serviceable. I don't think Chad Henney's going to keep him there. So I think it's, it's going to force your hand to draft a quarterback, and I believe Johnny Manziel's the one they'll draft there. I don't know if he's the correct one to draft that high over some other guys, some, some lesser-known guys, but I do believe yeah. that you need to draft a quarterback at three to keep MJD there and keep him excited to stay in a Jacksonville uniform. There's a quarterback in Northern Illinois that I would draft before Johnny Manziel. If I got that pick in um if I got that pick in Jacksonville, I, I just I'm, I'm a Johnny Manziel. He's turned me into a fan. I, I give him two thumbs up and whatever else I can do to praise him for his actions this year of what has been done all year, or not all year, but has been done since football. When Johnny Manziel do it, who has a family backing with financial backing, uh, when he does it, it all comes to light now. So I applaud him for everything he's done for football. And he has done a lot for Texas football, Texas A&M football. Uh, when you're talking about this quarterback position, you're talking about Johnny Manziel going to the Jacksonville Jaguars with third pick. Well, this is a league where he's going to be playing against twice a year against the Houston Texans where they have a defense over there. He's going to be playing, and this is a down year, uh, totally a down year. You look at the coach, Kubiak, getting fired over there. The Tennessee Titans, who who played a lot better than their seven and nine record, and you got to go against Andrew Luck twice. I don't see Johnny Menzel coming in making that a four and twelve team uh, better than what it is right now, which is four and twelve. Uh, but he is an exciting pick. You can't go wrong. Where a lot of pressure come in comes in is where you draft him third pick. Now you have to play him. Uh, we watch quarterbacks come in having to play some most successful than others, um, barring any injuries. He be he'll be an exciting player, but he'll have a lot of due pressure on him uh, to change this team around. But if they, if you can be if you draft if you draft a Johnny Manziel and you got some patience, then I think it'd be a, a a good fit, and you can see the directions of of what Jacksonville want to go. But you do as you mentioned have to keep Andrew Jones true um, to to have a running game, a secure running game in that conference and yeah. that in the South. I mean, AFC South. Jordan Lynch from Northern Illinois is who you're talking about. Uh, he's a he's a he's a running back that plays quarterback. I think that that's. I mean, he's fast. He ran for a lot of yards. He ran for 1,900 yards last year, which is a lot for a quarterback, especially. Um, but when you have to rush, when you rush the ball 24 times a game on average, I don't think that. I, I don't know. I mean, yes, fine. He he was a Heisman finalist. He he. I think he won some award that you know, obviously doesn't matter. I just don't know if I think he's Johnny Manziel even more than Johnny Manziel. I mean, I think he's more of a wild card in the NFL. He's like Eric Crouch. I mean, he's you like... You have a bigger guy. You have a bigger guy in, in, in him, and you got a guy who can run. But you, you talk about a running back that's playing quarterback, but you also have a running back that can throw the football if need be. Um, yeah, but and, you need a quarterback yeah. that can throw first in the NFL now. I mean, look at RG3. RG3 has pretty much become obsolete because they took away the running game, and then he got hurt, and then that's it. So I don't really think that it's smart for any franchise... I don't put that all on RG3. I put that all on that uh, coaching staff also. That's fine, we, but we he's... Say, we say the same thing about Cam Newton. We thought he... Uh, yeah, but he never got hurt. He's, he's yeah, never missed no, a game. He never got hurt because he was running. He never got hurt. Cam Newton's a bigger guy than RG3. And this game is physical. I, I, we both agree, I believe, that 
RG3 just didn't know how to slide. He didn't know how to go down. He always wanted to be tough. He's a pleaser. You don't have to please somebody when it's costing you your life and your, your career. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, you could kind of be an idiot a little bit, too. I mean, you could say well, what I, you I it's, it's hard for me to tell a it's hard for me to say a guy with all that passion that you're an idiot. No, I'm you, saying, but I'm saying if especially in the NFL, and, and you're right, it's a very it's gotten more and more violent. Even though the rules have gotten the rules have gotten have tried to uh, keep that from happening, but there's no there's no shame in running out of bounds, taking that last hit, especially as a quarterback. It's it's a I mean it's a None at all. There's no shame in uh, running out of bounds. Receivers catch the ball and they drop to the ground. So there's no shame that you live to play another down. Uh, you don't. You don't go out there to. Uh, so you can't say it's the quarterback's fault. Worry. If yeah, you can't worry about. I mean, the coach's uh, fault. I'm gonna get hurt on this situation. I'm gonna get hurt in this place. So I, I don't know if it's all RG3. And and then what we were talking about was the the worst team in the in the uh, NFL. 32 ranked Jacksonville Jaguars, four and 12 this year in the season. Defensively, they have a lot of things they have to fix over there. They 28th ranked defensively, but you, you, you Johnny Mazzell come in, and they were already ranked 32. Well, a lot of things have to change, especially in his own conference, especially in his own division in that AFC South. The teams he's gonna have to face twice a year, and and I, I I think he'll be able to do it. But I think there's a I also think there are other quarterbacks that's just as good, if not better, than he is going in that third pick. He's just exciting. And what he did in the collegiate level was awesome. It was great. It was worth watching. It was worth buying a ticket. Now he has to transcend those things, those actions, those not those actions, but that type of playability to the next level. We've seen guys going to the NFL. You don't know where they came from because they were in systems or they were not in systems. And then they come to the NFL and you can allow these guys to play. Johnny Manziel will have to get in the center at some point because you can't run in the NFL in shotgun mode unless you Peyton Manning who gets under the center and change the plays because he sees what's happening before it even happens. you got to be talking about elite quarterbacks now. I'm not saying Johnny Menzel won't be able to master the eliteness over some time, but we're not talking about him as the Drew Brees and the Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. We're not talking about him in that stuff. We're talking about him, uh, Andrew Luck or RG3, a guy who can come in and, and make some changes to an organization. And he definitely will make changes to the organization. He definitely will make changes to what they do financially with their seating and uh, their attendance. He will do that, but it's about winning at the end of the day. How much time are they going to give to Jacksonville? How much time will they give Jack, uh, Johnny Manziel time to win some football games? Because he does have win capability. Extremely high risk, potentially through the moon, high reward. But more times than not, you have quarterbacks that kind of fall off into the wayside and, be, and become average at best when they're drafted that high. So I, it, I it, it's a calculated risk. It's a calculated risk that they're going to have to take to see if this is the answer to them furthering their through furthering their progress to becoming an actual viable team, an actual relevant team in the NFL that hasn't happened in years and years. I don't know if Johnny Manziel is the answer. I don't know if drafting Jadavian Clowney would be a better idea. I don't know. I don't know, but but keeping but keeping Maurice Jones Drew happy and in that uniform is key, especially because they let Rashad Jennings go, who's now in Oakland tearing it up with Darren McFadden out. They don't have an answer for if they let MJD go and drop Johnny Menzel, that's it. You may as well make about, them a college franchise. You, you mentioned the quarterback at Central Florida. He played well last night. What about that guy? His his draft starts went up. You, you see him at a Jacksonville. There's a lot of quarterbacks out there. Um, and, and we made mention of Teddy uh, Bridgewater coming out, but there's some quarterbacks that obviously fit better to a professional team scheme 
than um, Teddy Bridgewater. So he can even slip down to five or six. We've seen quarterbacks that was uh, highly rated going into the draft, sitting in New York at uh, Music Radio Hall, or Radio, Radio Hall, and then get drafted in the late first round when we thought it would be the first five guys, one of the first five guys to go. Uh, but what you need to do is go look at Jake Matthews uh, over there who protected Johnny Manziel as an offensive lineman. You need, to, you need to assure some things if you're going to keep Andrew Jones through. You need to get an offensive lineman who can block, who can run. Uh, you talk about uh, Taylor Lowen, uh, that Michigan guy, the big guy. We watched, it, we watched from Alabama, who I thought would be the rookie, rookie uh, offensive player, and all of Alabama, who's over there in San Diego right now, who's the office lineman, playing like a grown man his first year. Uh, that's a lot of things, and it's, it's, it's kind of crazy. It's predicated on what teams need because a lot of guys do slip down in the draft. And I agree with you on this, on this point right here that you get rid of Maurice Jones' rule to bring in the Johnny Manziel you should no longer be in the National Football League. Well, no, I, well, no, no. What I meant, what I meant was that if you if you get rid of the running game and you bring in a rookie quarterback, like say he signs somewhere else, they don't match his offer. If you bring in Johnny Manziel with zero running game, he's done. I mean, there's That's no the way that thing. yeah. So uh, we do have to take a break. On the other side, last segment, we'll talk about the NFL Wild Card playoffs Saturday and Sunday. How much weather will have a factor? How much experience will have a factor? We will talk about it on the other side. Alex Clancy, Kwame Lasseter, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Hi, I'm Ed Krell, CEO of Destination Maternity. We proudly support the March of Dimes work to reduce the rate of premature birth. The numbers have gone down in the past five years, but still, nearly half a million babies are born too soon in the United States each year. We're helping the March of Dimes fund cutting-edge research and community programs to help more moms have full-term pregnancies and healthy babies. Join us in working together for stronger, healthier babies. Visit MarchofDimes.com. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine, from the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week. Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Arms. Welcome back to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk. Alex Clancy in studio. Kwame Lasseter on the line. This is the final segment. It's been an all-NFL show today, all-NFL and college football show today. Uh, we're going to finish out with the wild card games Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Um, we're going to start with the Chiefs-Colts. Dome game, 
Uh, the the Kansas City Kansas City goes in there having lost five of seven games. Jamal Charles is their not only their leading rusher but their leading receiver as well. So this is an easy one. Stop Jamal Charles. Stop Kansas City Chiefs. Make Alex Smith throw the ball thirty times to beat you. Know that they're going to throw fifteen screens in one game. Know th- watch out for screens. I don't understand why it's so easy for them to get him open in space. I understand the blocking's great. They have great blocking receivers and tight ends. I get that. But look out whenever he drops back for the screen because that's when Jamal Charles might be the most dangerous even over him getting the ball handed off to him. With the Colts, I do believe that Andrew Luck has to control the tempo of the game. Donald Brown has to has to put up some numbers. He has to he has to get the run game going. T.Y. Hilton, if he can break loose for a big one, that would be obviously very beneficial to them. But I do believe the win or loss is in the hands of Andrew Luck and 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 with um with managing the clock and having it run at, at their regard and not letting the Chiefs do whatever they want to do. Really quick, Juan, what do you think? We have three more games to go. I think um, Lamar Charles is a lot of those things, leading and rushing and passing because of Andy Reid went back to what he did in Philly, which was very successful, and those screens played because you do have a guy also you can hand the ball off to, run between the tackles and get it done. He's an explosive guy, quick, fast, great vision. That's going to have to be the key right there, as you mentioned, stopping Lamar Charles and, and Dwayne Bowe and those guys. He's been cleared to play against the Colts on, on in his first bowl game. That's in NBA, I believe. Um, uh, what they have to do, Brown in that running game. Andrew Luck just did a, does a great job at managing the game. These guys are 11-5 this year. They were 11-5, which is outstanding. They won some games we didn't think they would win when their top receiver uh, went down with the ACL tear. Uh, he was able to rally that team together. T.Y. Hilton turned into a superstar. He, he's a thousand yard receiver uh, this year, which is great. Um, but they're going to have to manage this game and keep that offense of uh, Kansas City Chiefs off the, off the field because things can happen. And do have a good defense in Kansas City, so that might play a lot into it. Uh, but they do have home field advantage to Indianapolis Colts, who has 4,500 tickets that hasn't been sold yet. But the game is in two days. Yeah. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles, New Orleans is going to Philly. Weather 31 degrees, no chance of rain. Is there any chance that New Orleans wins this game in a in a strong fashion, or do you think that this is going to be either a shootout or a thirteen ten game? Like, what what kind of game do you think we're going to see? Well, last time they played, the Eagles had their, those guys. I mean, I'm sorry, the Saints had those guys' numbers. They uh, the Saints was end up winning that game. That was last year in November, twenty eight to uh, thirteen. I think they have a chance because of Drew Brees and that passing game. Uh, we the X factor is a, a Darren Sproles type guy. But you look on the other side, uh, Nick Foles haven't played bad at all. He might have had one bad game, but that's, you know, who has a complete full season of outstanding play at any position. Uh, I think he's the best quarterback for the job on that team, the Eagles team. You look at uh, LaShawn McCoy, Deshaun Jackson. Uh, you look at uh, even um, even the uh, receiver who got in a lot of trouble this Riley year. Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper who played outstanding. Uh, so I, having home field, uh, end up playing the Dallas Cowboys in a, in a playoff setting, having to go on a road and do that to get into the playoff. I think the Philadelphia Eagles is ready, and, and with that offense, I, I don't see them falling off. Any, they just got to defensively try to maintain what the Saints are ready to do for, to them offensively because they have to match points for points with these guys. And maybe the Saints have to match point for point with the Eagles, but I do see the Eagles winning this game. Cincinnati Bengals, San Diego goes into Cincinnati. It's going to be 35, rainy slash snowy. And uh, lucky for San Diego, 
and for the fans that are going to the game, the next day it's going to be at about 6 degrees. So luckily for the Chargers, it's not going to be below freezing. Do you think that San Diego can withstand the cold, run the ball, not make any mistakes, and win this game? They're going to have to if they want to get to Denver, where they have Denver's number. So uh, I think you said something about Peyton Manning, about the hope the Bengals win this game. When it kick off time, it'll be 32 degrees and, and snowing. Um, so the San Diego, the Denver, the Cincinnati Bengals is a better team than the Chargers. The Chargers was just a hot team coming in. This game was played in Cincinnati, Ohio. So they were the hot team coming in. But I think there will be a little too much of a... Uh, Cincinnati Bengals and what they do as far as the running game, they have a running game. So you can only make you got you have to make the San Diego Chargers one dimensional. Either you stop uh, the quarterback or you stop the uh, running game. If you make them one dimensional, you win that game hands down. Yep, Cincinnati. The last time they played the Bengals, beat them by seven. Yeah, Cincinnati eight zero at home. So that that'll be interesting to see what happens. Final one. We have about two minutes left. Forty ers going to Green Bay. This is the one that I'm really looking forward to. It's going to be zero on the field with a wind chill of negative fifteen. Can Colin Kaepernick use his legs like he did in Week One? He ran for, I mean, in, in the playoffs last year, he had a, he had a game where he ran for 180 yards. So, who knows what's going to happen here? I feel like if the 49ers can run, 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 and do it effectively, they can win this game, even in even in Lam, uh, Lambeau. I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is at full health yet. I'm not sure if anybody can get used to the cold. That, that's in these cold weather places. I just don't know. So I'm picking Green Bay because I picked them to win the Super Bowl, so I have to pick them. Um, but I'm, I'm really curious to see if this is going to be like the Eagles, like the Eagles Lions game, where it's just it's super high scoring, or if it's going to be a three nothing game and it comes down to you know a field goal. I'm not, I'm not sure. This could be a get back game for the um, Green Bay Packers, who lost twenty eight to thirty four against them in the first meeting this year of the season. Um, but I, I see San Francisco winning this game in Green Bay on the legs, not the arm, on the legs of the Colin Kaepernick. Uh, I think he gets it done because regardless of the weather, everybody's going to be cold. Whether you live there or not, everyone's going to be cold. The temperature is what it is. It's not 12, it's not 11 guys on both sides of football that's going to be warm. Uh, some guys are used to cold weather more than others, but you will be cold, and you have to. It takes time to get your body going. So only so much stretching and loosening up you can do. So much you don't want to wear a lot of clothes. Then you become stiff. There's some key position. You will see a lot of big plays in this game because you take advantage of what both of these teams can do. Or definitely more so, San Francisco as far as their running game. If they can run the football, control the clock, and have about two big plays, uh, probably with Anquan Bolden, probably with Kaepernick, but defensively. Green Bay Packers doesn't match up with, they don't match up well with the San Francisco 49ers defensively. So I see the San Francisco 49ers fortunately going into this game, going into Green Bay winning, which I have a problem with, an uh, 8-7-1 team holding, uh, hosting a 12-4 team. It is crazy to me. Yeah, well, I, th- I do think Anquan Bolden is the X factor for the 49ers. He had a huge game against Arizona last week, even though it didn't really matter. Uh, this is why you bring a guy like this in because he performs in the playoffs. He's like he even San Antonio Holmes. I I see hand in hand in this because even though they might not have a great year throughout the year, when you count on them for a huge third down or for a touchdown in the back of the end zone, there wasn't technically a touchdown against Arizona. San Antonio Holmes, um, you he they're there. So it, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. We do have to go. Unfortunately, this game, <laughs> Kevin. Enough. Uh, this game is exciting. I can't wait for this weekend, and we have to hold on to this because this means the NFL season is almost over. 
Kwame well, Lasser on the studio uh, next week. I'll be, I mean, tomorrow. Uh, Happy New Year to everybody that we didn't see since last year, but Happy New Year to everybody uh, that's listening. Yeah, I said that already. Oh, well, but I, I I'm glad you said it. <laughs> uh, Kwame Lasser on the line. It sounds better coming from you. I, right. I believe it. It's sexy voice, right? <laughs> Alex Clancy in studio. We will see you guys tomorrow, 10 a.m. Arizona time, 12 p.m. Eastern. For tuning in this week. Join us every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.